Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we learned what is the current state of commercial lending and what are your available options. And in this episode, we are going to review a mastermind call that we hosted with 14 highly experienced and successful investors. In the room, we had over 200 years worth of real estate investing experience combined. I will be sharing what each one of them is currently doing with their own properties and also what do they think is going to happen and how they are preparing for that. Here we go. In terms of timing, a lot of people are taking a wait and see attitude of understanding maybe how long this is going to take and others are taking a very hands-on approach of reaching out to tenants in advance and understanding which ones intend on making payments and whatnot. Also in terms of timing, it is in times like this that fortunes get made. This is one of the strategies that Warren Buffett has. He has billions of dollars in cash for situations like this. Robert Kiyosaki also said on his book, The Cash Flow Quadrant, it is in times of great economic change that there are always great transfers of wealth. The big secret is that true investors make more money in bad markets. And note that when I say that now is the right time in real estate, it always takes a few months for pricing to adjust and investors are expecting Q3 and Q4 to be a potentially great time to buy. The first investor invests in mobile home parks and here's what he had to say. We're waiting to see what happens starting in April when rents are due as many people are losing their jobs. Some people are having a wait and see attitude to see how things are going to go over the first three, four days of the month and see if they're having issues paying the rent, if there are delays, if they lost their jobs or even were affected by COVID-19. There are other operators that are actively reaching out to people to find out who was planning on moving out at the end of the month or in April or May and find out what was causing that and see if there was a way that they could find a way to let them stay. Other operators are doing things like reaching out to residents to find out if they can't pay and do they want to defer payment for one month and then possibly spread those payments over the next 10 to 12 months. This investor is going to take a wait and see attitude and see what's happening with the residents. A few residents have already approached them and said that they lost their jobs and won't be paying their rent 
in April. And for some of these people, they are reminding them that they can file for unemployment and also sharing where some of the local employers might be hiring. And also realizing that they will most likely be receiving stimulus checks and unemployment checks faster than they would otherwise. So it'll be a balance to see how these conversations are going to happen with the tenants and to understand who really is struggling versus the people who are just using this as an excuse not to pay rent and not to have to deal with the eviction process during the time that the courts are closed. The next investor focuses in the retail world. Reality is starting to sink in as tenants don't pay. Some tenants are saying that they won't pay rent for at least four months. And some investors are saying that the most realistic data point will actually be on May 1st. They are working through a ton of loan reworks as well as lease amendments are being negotiated. They're interpreting the CARES Act that was recently passed and updating all of their tenants on what they can apply for through the SBA. And they're really trying to dial in for the loan forgiveness for April and May. There are a ton of legal documents and collaborations with other people in their industry. They were actually in contract for a retail center and are very grateful that the money did not go hard in terms of the deposit. And they asked for an extension a few weeks ago when this all started happening. And they are also seeing some slowdown in the CMBS market. And that was one of the vehicles that they were going to use. So now they're pivoting and rethinking how they're going to approach this property and if they're going to be purchasing it at all. He also mentioned that there is an email being circulated from the 1980s during the savings and loan crisis. Trammell Crow executives were sending memos to one another and the same message was sent over and over again from some of the best guys in the business. Don't get over leveraged, stay lean and focused, hire the right people, and just really double down on the fundamentals of the business. So they are patiently waiting on the sidelines with cash for Q3. They think that cap rates will go even higher and there will be even more opportunities at that time. The cap rates already went up by 100 to 150 basis points. And at that point, they will also see how a lot of these retailers have been furloughing their staff, how the SBA process is working for them, and there are going to be some real winners and some real losers in that space. He thinks that e-commerce is going to exacerbate a lot of the issues that were already happening with retailers and that they were facing. And they're also very excited about the opportunities that are going to come in the next 12 months or so. The next person was a developer. He was heavy into real estate in 2009 and he saw a lot of people get wiped out. And he said that this is a very different time and it is not the same at all. He has worked in all types of asset classes and he is hearing from people all over the country with all kinds of properties that the common theme is that it's 
too early to tell anything. We really just don't know. It depends on how far and how deep this goes. They do know that the capital markets are a little bit tight right now and the rules are changing daily in terms of what they're asking for and covenants and reserves. And they're getting down to where they are underwriting specific assets and specific markets by the street and block on refinances and especially cash out refinance and acquisitions. So the credit markets are getting very interesting. The debt markets with Freddie and Fannie are still active, but the spreads are growing. They are not sure what the real effect will be. And they do expect the cap rates to rise in the interim, but a lot of sellers have pulled back and just said that they are going to wait it out. There are some transactions that were in the pipeline where people unfortunately have hard money at stake and the rules changed midstream. So if you had a loan in process, all of a sudden your guidelines changed, your requirements changed, and people were having to come to the table with one to three million dollars of extra reserves that they were not planning on and then some of their investors were backing out. He said that there has been a lot of challenges out there, but that he told everyone to relax. The sellers aren't going anywhere. The buyers aren't going anywhere. Your investors aren't going anywhere. Everybody is just in a wait and see mode and trying to understand how far this is going to go, how deep this is going to go, how long this is going to last and what is the real recovery going to look like. So he is optimistic and he will be a buyer in Q3, Q4. Last year, he was ready to do four $30 million hotel deals from the ground up. And when the construction costs came back, he tabled those projects. He is very glad that he did it now. Otherwise, he will be coming to market at this point in time with four brand new hotels. He was very grateful to have dodged that bullet. He said we are in very interesting times and very different times. He reiterated the fact for all of us to stay lean, focused, disciplined, and keep your capital ready. This is the time to be raising capital and getting it ready so that when the opportunities come up, you can strike. There will be opportunities to leverage your balance sheet and get involved in deals and acquisitions on an equity capital side with companies as well as real assets. And there is also going to be an opportunity to come in and inject some liquidity into deals and gain equity that way, as well as intellectual capital. There is going to be a lot of people that need our expertise and help. So just be patient, be ready, and don't feel like you have to do anything right now because we just don't know what and when this is going to end. The next investor focuses on assisted living and obviously this is a unique category because the virus can hurt his clients and his staff. So he is in a very interesting position and has an interesting perspective from both the human costs and also from the business perspective. 
He thinks that anyone that sees the current situation as an opportunity is probably underestimating the virus, at least in the United States. And the one thing that he has seen consistently is that everyone that has underestimated the virus has paid a very heavy price. He gave the example of the health minister of Iran, for instance, that called that just the flu and caught it. So there are a lot of examples of people being wrong about it. And his approach is trying to stay a week or two ahead of what's happening. He thinks there will be some buying opportunities, but until we get a comprehensive testing in place and have a viable mitigation strategy that does not tank the economy at the same time, his anticipation is that anyone that buys will buy early. And the other piece of the puzzle for him is that right now cash is king. However, pretty soon cash is going to be trash because we're in a very interesting situation where people are going to transition from being, I need all the cash that I can possibly get my hands on to let me get rid of every piece of currency and every piece of cash that I can get rid of because I don't think we're going to live through a more inflationary period in which we have a lot of currency injected into the system and lack of supply. So you have lots of extra money competing for less goods and services. He cannot define inflation more clearly than what's currently happening. And he thinks that it's going to be interesting to see how cash gets deployed in the coming environment. The next investor focuses on multifamily and student housing. She is doing a lot of research. They are strategizing about April 1st and 2nd, and she has a lot of low-income tenants and student tenants. She anticipates a lot of challenges in different ways as a lot of these people go from paycheck to paycheck and they're not going to see a paycheck for two, three months, depending on how long this will last. So she anticipates a lot of collection issues in the next couple of months. She does not worry that they're going to lose their properties, but it is a question as to how long it's going to take for their properties to recover the cash outflow from collectible rent. Because in the state that they are in, they have very stringent eviction laws, even when they're not under moratorium. So a lot of people do take advantage of that, and it is very costly for them to go through the process. She anticipates a lot of challenges, and she will be keeping an eye out for opportunity, which she thinks will come as well. But for the time being, she thinks that there is going to be a tsunami of documentation work in keeping up with rent collections on each property that they manage. The next investor raises money for multifamily deals. They had two sizable deals that they were doing raises for, one of which was very close to the closing table and that fell apart. They went through the exercise of notifying and communicating with dozens of investors and they didn't know what to expect. He thought that people would pull all of their chips from the table and that actually was not the case. They saw a lot of appetite and people still wanting to deploy cash, which is really great to see. He does not think that there's going to be anything to move on with right away, but it was really good to see that. 
he sent out a notification a few days ago to investors to say that a particular deal is dead and that capital is going to get returned. And one of their investors said that this was a really hard email for you to send. I really respect the fact that you send it and you guys showed up spectacularly. So he said that it's in those moments that you realize that everything is going to be okay. And he thinks that there are sunny skies on the other side of all of this. It could be longer than what we would want to hope for. But he thinks that there are a lot of people interested in jumping into deals when the right one comes along. The next investor focuses on senior housing and multifamily. They were doing raises for a senior housing facility and are still planning on closing on that facility in two weeks, but they definitely saw some investors who had signed PPMs and were ready to wire funds back out. Some of them were just concerned because of how the market was behaving and some of them lost significant amounts in the stock market and they now want to hoard cash. Their lender still believes in the deal and the seller has now agreed to carry about half a million dollars at a second position for 8% interest. So they are continuing to close on that deal. But other than that, he's going to be in a wait and watch approach. He had a couple of other deals come by his desk where they were asking him to raise capital for, and he said no because he wants to wait and see, and he anticipates that more deals will be appearing in Q3 and Q4. He said that the recovery is either going to be a V-shape or a hockey stick kind of recovery. On one of his largest multifamily syndications, they are anticipating vacancies or low rent collections. So they decided not to make any distributions to investors for the next six months. The next investor is not only an operator, but also a developer, and he focuses on senior housing, hospitality, and multifamily. He said that we are in an environment where the rules have changed and we don't know what they are. And until we know what the new rules are, it's going to be very difficult to play the game. Oftentimes you see people trying to play a game by the old rules and if they do, they will get crushed. It is really like no other game. Governments are trying to do something unprecedented, which is to try to put the entire economy into a comma for a period of time. He said that the one thing that makes that entirely impossible is debt, because debt affects cost. And the more leveraged you are, the more at risk you are. We know that governments are going to bring as much money as they can, but it is all based on assumptions. And the question is, are those assumptions valid? A lot of people are assuming that this is going to be done in weeks or in a small number of months, but he does not think that that is true. We really don't know what the extent of this is and until we know the depth and the extent of it, and more importantly, what is going to fall through the cracks. He said that the Fed is doling out money, but they're not sprinkling it uniformly. Out of the $2 trillion that was just passed, there was over $400 billion in a category called other. And he wonders what that is, who is going to be the beneficiary, and where is this money going to appear? We know that some of it is going into mortgage-backed securities, which 
theoretically is going to help a portion of those that have money that's backed by one of the agencies, Freddie or Fannie. And it is time for all of us that have assets to be taking a little bit of a defensive posture and make sure that we leverage where possible, making sure that we conserve cash. If you don't have a lot of assets and you have cash, at the right time, you will be well positioned to jump in and get some amazing bargains, but that is not for some time to come. His feeling right now is that we're looking at two years of a very steep decline in economic output. The initial estimates that he has seen for the quarter suggest a drop in GDP of about 30% and that the efforts by the government to mitigate that will cut that maybe in half. So we might be seeing a reduction of 15 to 17% of GDP this quarter, but we really don't understand the full depths of leakages in our economy and how these all play together. He said that George Ross said that if one person has a problem and they default on a loan, then they have the problem. If millions of people have a problem and all of them default on their loans, then the banks have a problem and then the government has a problem. The question is, how do you make sure that you don't fall through the cracks in that process? He thinks that there will be other opportunities coming up in the not too distant future. But in the meantime, we have to help a ton of people going through a tremendous amount of pain in every area of their lives, personally, familiarly, financially, and socially. It is in times of crisis that execution matters, and his focus is more on the execution than on hunting for deals at this point. The next investor is a multifamily operator and broker. He said that what has changed was that his time was always spent on the brokerage side and very little on the management side, and that has completely shifted. Right now, brokerage is dead. He closed three deals last week, and the rule of the game has changed at the very last minute. He had a client that had a property closing tomorrow, and Fannie Mae came back and said, we're not going to close, and now you need to put $600,000 of reserves. So they had to scramble over the weekend to find that money. He now has two pending deals for the end of the month that the odds of closing are very slim. The challenge has been working with some listing brokers that are still living on cloud nine and thinking that nothing has changed, but everything has changed. And even though we don't have the data yet, as far as people not paying rent, we're going to start to have that within the next week. He is encouraging his client to buy a little bit of time. In 10 days, we can come in in a much stronger position to either renegotiate or walk from these deals. The challenge has been that they have 100 to $150,000 of hard money, and it's a very tricky situation. He feels very fortunate not to be under any contracts right now himself, and uh, he has gone from believing that this was a hoax and thinking that nothing is going to happen to good old America, to having a full swing and being on the other side. And he also thinks that it will take two years for things to come back. It is not going to be business as usual. He 
is going to see a lot of people losing assets and properties if this goes for much longer. And surprisingly though, a lot of people are paying rent on his properties. A lot of the C-class tenants are working in warehouses, grocery stores, cleaning, and they are actually working overtime, 14-hour days, and no one really knows what to expect. He is preparing for getting 50 to 60% of rents, and anything above that, he will feel very fortunate. And as far as looking at the market, he is focusing on maintaining his assets. And he reiterated that the rules are changing every day. Most of the brokers that he works with are on a holding pattern as well. And just seeing what is going to happen. The next investor invests in all kinds of asset classes, office, medical, industrial, retail, multifamily, and the first Thing that they are doing is minding their own house and understanding what, if anything, they can do to improve their position with any of the assets that they own. This starts with taking advantage of any deferred payment options or forbearance that any lenders are providing. And then from there, they're seeing if they can create what might be a win-win situation for their tenants. And up until this point, it has been commercial tenants. They have not seen any data from any of their multifamily properties yet. And of course, April will be a big month. They have some medical office tenants like dentists, dermatologists, and physical therapists. And those businesses are shut down just like traditional retail and interestingly they have tenants in other parts of the country like in the southeast where they actually have had less immediate concern from some of the tenants in those parts of the country he thinks that they will feel the pain in the first part of april but what they have offered proactively is that they will suspend rent payments for the next three months and amortize that rent amount over the balance of their remaining months in the term of their lease. This gives tenants an immediate cash flow relief and luckily they're very well capitalized on each of their deals because they are very conservative in nature. They try to have more cash than they ever think they're going to need so luckily they are in that position so they are able to offer something like this even if there isn't a deferred payment option from a lender. So they are seeing mixed responses. A third of their tenants have immediately accepted that offer and two thirds have said that they're working through the SBA loan process and understanding what their options are. So they will respond in about a week. He said that it was very important to be proactive and reach out to their tenants. It's definitely not a fun conversation, but the way that they approach it is that if they are a tenant, they really want to hear from their landlords. So they are continuing to look for acquisition opportunities, but proceeding with extreme caution. They have two deals in contract, one of them has some pretty lenient extension options and the other has an early May closing timeframe. They are just trying to figure out what to do. One of the properties is an industrial flex in a great market with strong fundamentals. And the question is what is going to change there and to what degree? They're still in contract, but very, very cautious with how to proceed. They are also refinancing a couple of deals and that is 
changing daily. The appetite goes up and down very quickly and he just does not have much confidence in anything until it is executed and locked. And he thinks that it is a tough environment to do business and to take risks. The next investor is in the mobile manufacturing housing space. They are on the operation side, construction and insurance side. So because of the speed at which everything is moving, action was needed to be taken faster rather than slower. And they came up with some core values, which is basically to protect the team, the investors and the assets. And what that means is that you have to cut deep, but not so deep that you're going to impact the ability to protect the asset and protect the investors cash is king now. So you need to stop all capex spending unnecessary maintenance and make these adjustments as you go. They laid off an entire construction team that they had mobilized because they saw the writing on the wall with a lot of these stay at home orders and the necessity to get them back to their families and not be locked down in a small community away from them during these times. And they also saw the fact that they didn't need to be sitting on a lot of inventory for the next couple of months. Communication is key and even over communicating the wait and see idea is probably going to be more detrimental to anyone than reaching out and talking to your tenants, investors, and partners, and making sure that they understand what actions you are taking and where you are going. They have reached out to about 70, 80% of their tenants and out of their tenancies. They only have at this time about 25% of people who actually need some assistance. They put a process in place. It is important that you have a standardized process, but you do not want to create policies in times of crises, but definitely an emergency response process. They sent the process to their regionals and then down to the managers of the communities that are in the communities themselves. And part of that process is that each manager needs to have a voice conversation with each of their tenants and they need to let them know that the times are tough and that we understand what they are going through. And if they need help, then we need to know it sooner rather than later. And we would rather help them now than have them default or fall behind on payments. They also instituted some incentives for paying rent. Food and rent are the biggest expenses and most people don't want to move. So how do we make sure that we are getting paid even with some of the moratoriums on evictions and things like that? They instituted a lottery system where people could win 25% off their current rent if they paid by the third of the month. And if they do that, three months in a row, they could win a free space rent or a lot rent for that month. They didn't want to over incentivize and collect 70% of the rent when they could have collected 80%. So they're trying to be careful with that, but they have waived all late fees, all transaction fees, application fees, and they are actually seeing a surge in applications. They sold three homes this week and they have rented out four other homes. 
they don't have enough data yet to know if that is a trend that is going to come or not, but it's definitely positive. The biggest thing is making sure that you are staying positive with your team, communicating with them on a daily basis, because this is also stressful for them. And they need to know that you are there for them to help and support them. They have also paused all acquisitions. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they just don't know what is coming down the road. They don't know how long it's going to be. So they're planning for long term and hoping it's short term. The world is going to be very different at the end of the coronavirus, which is just the straw that broke the camel's back. They are holding out and they are optimistic that by the end of the year, there will be some larger portfolios that will be underwater and need to be acquired. And they are going to be in a position to do that as it sits right now, take massive action quickly, but it is surgery. It is not lumberjacking. Don't cut too deep so that it is going to hurt where you are going. Just make sure that you are checking your expenses, your income, and stay on top of that protect your team, protect your asset, and protect your investors. The next investor has been focusing on medical office. He agrees that we don't know what the rules are right now, what is happening and what is coming ahead. This is really unprecedented. And he doesn't think that there is anything that we can look back in history that can even equate to this. He has seen a lot of people looking at what happened with SARS in the early 2000s, but we are long past that. Maybe two months ago, if we had gotten ahead of it, we could correlate it to that, but that ship has sailed. He is shifting the mindset from profit seeking to capital preservation. He syndicated a medical office building about two months ago, and they made the decision to put that project on hold. They are in a position where they haven't broken ground yet, so they can delay things for a while. And if they look at things two months from now and the project does not seem viable, then they can return investors' money, they cut their losses, and they could have little to no loss for the investor. So it is better not to lose money than to actually take a loss. Although with medical office, he thinks that there is opportunity there they could be in a really good position with their project to capitalize it. He thinks that they're going to see a big demand for medical office as we come out of this crisis. It is going to take a little bit for that to present itself, but he thinks that as we go into recovery mode, once we get out of this, the medical sector is going to see a huge boom. Medical offices haven't had a losing year in growth since 1975, and medical hasn't seen a losing month in terms of growth in over 20 years. He was bullish on medical coming into this project, and he thinks that coming out of this, medical is going to be a really good place to be in. He has already heard some people looking at buying traditional office space, which is going to be probably one of the worst hit asset classes and converting that into medical office building. 
he is definitely bullish on that. It is just a matter of timing. We just don't know when this is going to end. And the longer we sit in this quarantine period, the harder it is going to be for us to come out of it. He said that the economic discussions are changing daily right now. And with the economy, you cannot just snap a finger and say, okay, everyone, we are back and expect this to be a V-shaped recovery. So maybe if things stopped today, it could go back to normal. But he thinks that there are a lot of small businesses that are not going to make through this. And we are not going to see those jobs come back very quickly. The longer we stay in this, the harder it is going to be to come out of it and the harsher it's going to be. He will wait and see how it will unfold from week to week and month to month. I hope all of these perspectives were incredibly helpful to you. This was an incredibly experienced group of investors from all kinds of asset classes. We are continuing the conversation on our Facebook page. The link is under show notes and that is facebook.com slash groups slash Monte Carlo REI. I hope you and your families and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy and I will see you next time.